We have been discussing the mitzvah of Eresim. According to the Rambam, of course, there is a mitzvah. And according to the Rash, we said the mitzvah is puerville. Today we will discuss how do you do Eresim, what is the meaning of Eresim, and we will begin to explain what Nesuin means as well. Eresim is what we call halachic engagement. Today's engagement has no halachic validity at all. It's just an agreement between Chatan, uh, Kala, so-called, so that they will get married in the future. Halachic engagement means that the Kala is really a Kala, and in fact she's an Eshadish. She is, mar- she is not married, but she's halachically engaged, and therefore, for example, she is not allowed to be with another man, and of course, Chas V'Shalom, if she would do, do such a, an act, the, it would be a Chiyav Misa, she'd be Chayav, a death penalty, because she is an Eshashish. But, nevertheless, as we've explained before, Arusa is not, does not live in the house of her husband. She still lives in her parents' house, and at the time of the Gemara, they had up to a year in which to do the Nesuin. For that year, she has many disadvantages, if you will, of being an Eshashish, but she does not have the advantages of living with her husband, of being a real married woman. We say in the bracha that we make at the wedding, Asher kiddushanu al harayot We say that the HaKadosh Baruch commanded us about forbidden relations, and he forbade us to have relations with our engaged wives, our halachically engaged wives. Rashi in Ksubis, Tav Zaynamadez, says this is only Midrabana. This is only rabbinic law. Midaraisa, she is allowed to have relations with her husband, as she is, as I said, in Eshazish. We'll get back to that later. But how do you do Eresin? So it's the first Mishnah, of course, in Masechus Kedushin. Ha'isha Nikneis B'Shloshadrachim. A woman is nicknase. Now, when we say nicknase, I don't mean to say that she is actually bought. She's not chattel. The Rajba and other Rishonim use the words, Eina Kinyana Shabala. A woman doesn't belong to her husband. It means that it's a Kinyan Iser. It means the status of being Asura is created by Kedushin. Ha'isha nicknase is a Kinyan Iser. She is now forbidden to have relations with other people. And how do you do this Kedushin? So the Mishnah says there are three ways. Kesef, Shtar, Bia. Kesef, you give her money or something that's the value of money. You say the words that she's Mekudeshes to you. Or by Shtar, that you give her a document that says that she is married, engaged to you. And perhaps say the words, perhaps not. But maybe you don't have to say the words because they're written in the Shtar. Maybe you do have to say the words because it's part of the formal act of Kedushin. Bia means that you could have relations with the girl in front of witnesses. Chas v'shama doesn't mean the witnesses are in, are in the room with you. The witnesses stand outside the room and you tell them that you're going into the room to have relations with the Kala and you say to her, Areyat Mekudeshes, etc. With, 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 the, with the act and you're Mekudeshes. All of these three ways of Kedushin certainly require aiding. The Rambam enunciates clearly in each in each case. Rambam in Hilchos Ishus says that you give her the money in front of Aidim. You write the Shtar. Not only do we assume 
that there's a, there are Adim in the star, but even if there wouldn't be Adim in the star, perhaps it would be kosher, a whole story that we're not into. But in both cases, the Ramam says that you do it before Adim. In, in terms of Kesef, the Ramam says in Parakimel, Halacha Aleph, no saying la Adim, you give her the money in front of Adim. In case of Shtar, the Ramam says, again, Vinosna la Adim, you give it to her in front of Adim. He didn't discuss it have, it have to be Adim in the Shtar, but nevertheless, you must have Adim for the deliverance of the Shtar. That's what it seems in Halacha Gimel. And in Halacha Biyah, the Ram says, Halacha Hey, in Paragimel, if a person is Mekadish Biyah, Misyached The Yichud, going into the room, has to be in front of two witnesses. So, the Mishnah says there are three ways. One might have thought, and if we will look in Yerushalmi, we'll see such a an idea is suggested. Ultimately, we of course reject such an idea, that you need all three of the above, Kesef, Shtar, and Bia. In a way, there is a logic to that, because each form of Kenyan represents a different type of concept. Kesef does seem to represent an idea of buying something, like I would buy a book, I buy a, a, whatever I'm interested in, and you... It's a mode of acquisition. It's a Kenyan. So if that would be true, maybe it works by Kiddushin as well. Shtar seems to be much more of a formal declaration, which would refer to certain items. And that also I could understand how it would work in the case of Kiddushin. Somehow I place my name on our family together, the same way that the Get, which is a written document, divorces them. Bia, of course, is the act of that would signify the concept of, of marriage completely. And therefore, you might think, since there really are three aspects to this Kenyan, you do make a Kenyan, you do somehow become a family in some sort of halachic setting, and it's a, not just a, a family, it's a, it's a relationship between a husband and wife. So you might have thought that you require all three, but of course the halacha is clear that one of the three suffices. But all of them have to be done in front of witnesses. Now, there's a very famous uh, opinion of the Rambam that we should all be aware of. The, it's a very, very problematic point in the Rambam, and much, much literature has been devoted to this point. The Rambam in Perak Aleph of Hilchasishus, Halacha Beis, says the mitzvah of taking a wife is a, is a mitzvah saseh. And then the Rambam says, and there are three ways to accomplish this. Kesef Shtar as we said, but then the Rambam says, the famous statement of the Rambam, The fact of the uh, relations, that's a biblical law. The Rambam says, that's simply what the Torah said. A man takes a wife and has relations with her. That is the way to take a wife. That's what the Torah said. Shtar is not clearly written in the Torah. Shtar is learned from the Hekish. We learn in the Torah that since a woman is divorced with a shtar, a get, therefore the pasuk v'yatsa v'haisa, many people think the pasuk says v'yatsa v'haisa, of course it doesn't, it says v'yatsami beito, v'alcha v'aitali shacher. She leaves his house and then she goes. But the Gemara learned as if it was juxtaposed v'yatsa v'haisa, and we learned the way she goes out, 
and the way she comes in have certain similarities. One of the similarities the Gemara learns is that the same way she can go out, she leaves marriage through a document, she can become married through a document. So if you learn Kiddush Ishtar. The Ram says since you learn this from from Gitten, it's a Hakesh, therefore it's also Minatora. But then the Ram says, Ubikasat Midivesofer. The fact that a woman is Miskadesh Bikasat is learned Midivesofer. Where do you learn that from? So it's well known, there are two Sugyas and Shas, but the more famous one is where the we learn from Ephraim, when Avram bought the field from Ephraim, Ephraim it says, Natati Kesef Hasadekach. Many, I gave you the money, take it. Kach refers to Kesef, take refers to Kesef. The Torah says, Kiyikach Ishisha. So we learn from there, in the method of what we call Xerashava, the word Kicha means Kesef. Kicha, Kicha means the Ephraim. We learn that we Isha Miskadesh Bekesef. Now this is learned from Xerashava. The Rabbim says that something is learned from Xerashava is Midivri Sofim. Did he really mean it's the Rabbanan? Did he mean that it does not have biblical validity? This would be mind-boggling at the least to say that Kiddushi Kesef is only the Rabbanan and all our Kiddushi Kesef is Rabbanan. Rashi and Gitin Daflam and Gimel Aleph brings his predecessors who really entertain such a notion and Rashi says Shivas Kashos Yesh It's a very difficult thing to imagine. Because Chas Shalom, if a girl got married by Kesef, I, I don't mean that's the part of Chas Shalom, that's fine. If a woman got married by Kesef and Chas Shalom, then she committed adultery, of course we would kill her. The, the Rashi says, how could we possibly kill her if she's only Mekudeshes mid If according to biblical law she's not really Mekudeshes, how could it be possible to think that we would, would kill a girl who commits adultery when she's not really married? So Rashi negated such a shita. Did the Rambam really think so? The Ramban in Sefer HaMitzvahs and Shorish Beis attacks the whole Shorish Beis. The, the whole Shorish Beis is how the Rambam relates the things that are learned by the hermeneutic principles uh, that, we, that we know. And the Rambam calls them Midivri Sofim. If you really interpret that that is the Rabbanan, then the Ramban screams, how could it possibly be that Kedusha Kesev is Rabbanan? Many people are aware of this Ramban, but I would like to call to your attention the last words of the Ramban in Shoish Beis of Sefer HaMitzvah. He uses very interesting language. The Ramban says that the book that the Ramban wrote, namely Sefer HaMitzvah, is Chikom Amtakim V'chula Machmadim. It's a jewel of a book. It's candy, it's sugar, it's sweet. The, Ram, the Ramban gives in to all effect an approbation of the book. It is true that the Ramban went over this Sefer, Sefer Mitzvah very carefully, and many places argues with the Rambam. Nevertheless, he likes the book in general very much, and he says it's a wonderful book. But then the Ramban says, except for this Shoresh, except for the principle in Shoresh Beis, where he says something that's learned from a hermeneutic principle is only Medivri Sofim, the Ramban says, this is terrible, it should be forgotten, it should never be mentioned, it's a bad thing to even suggest. And the Ramban says, how could anybody in his, in his right halachic mind entertain such a possibility? The other problem of the Rambam, of course, is why is there a difference between Shtar and Kesef? Shtar is also learned from one of the 13 principles. Shtar is learned from a Hekesh. Kicha, Kicha is learned from Shava. Why should the Rambam distinguish between the two? Nevertheless, the Rambam again reiterates in Paragimel. The Rambam says, 
Harei elu kiddushi Torah. A person does kiddushin bebiyah. That is kiddushin that the Torah mandated. That's the mitzvah of the Torah. V'chein b'shtar. Rambam, interestingly, v'chein b'shtar. It means the one that's more mefurash, the one that's more explicit in the Torah is kiddusha kasef. But kiddusha shtar is also miskadeshes ben menat Torah. Then the Rambam says that kasef midivay sofer. But as he said before, kasef is only midivay sofer. Today, the policy, the accepted practice, is only to do Kiddusha Kesef. According to the Rambam, that seems to be the worst way of doing Kiddusha. Nevertheless, that is the accepted minik. Why is that the accepted minik? So, the Gemara already said that you're not allowed to do Kiddusha today with Bia. Because it doesn't seem so tsanua. Affects it offends our sense of sneers for a man to announce that he's going into the room to be mekadesh the girl with sexual with a sexual act, which somehow doesn't seem appropriate in our in our world. Rav, in fact, the Gemara says, gave malkos to a person who would do it. He said it's forbidden. That does not mean that if a person would do it, it's not valid. The Torah said this is a co- correct way of doing kiddushin. But the Rambam says in Paragim over here Chaf, Aleph, the Rambam says, You should not do this. It's improper to be to do Kiddushim through Bia. However, If he would do it, we indeed do give him lashes, as Rav instituted. In order to not to offend our sensibilities, not to do something that seems uh, improper, but the Rambam says, Aval, Aval Pishe Kiddushat Kiddushim Gemurim. The Kiddushim is valid, don't make a mistake. Nevertheless, we don't do Kiddushi Bia anymore. Why don't we do Kiddushi Shtar? It seems to me that the reason we don't do Kiddushi Shtar is because it's technically difficult. Today, every rabbi, almost anybody who knows a little bit of halacha, can arrange a wedding, what we call to be Mithasada Kedushin. The Gemara really says, Komisha a person who, does, who is not really involved in the laws of Gitten Kedushin, should not be involved in those laws. Uh, generally, there is no problem that occurs at a wedding. Uh, every once in a while, there's some sort of an issue that it would be good for somebody who really knows the laws to be there to decide what to do. But, Really, the complications at an average wedding hardly exist. And today, it's very customary for almost anybody who wishes to be Masada Kedushin. When we talk about Masada Get, somebody would organize a divorce or arrange a divorce, there already we have specialists, people who do it, because you have to write and you have to do all kinds of technical things. So, if we would say you do Kedushin Bishtar, it might lead to technical problems. And therefore, today the custom is not <coughs> to do Kedushin Bishtar, we only do Kiddush HaKesef, according to the Rambam, even though that seems to be the least approved method of Kiddushin, nevertheless, that's the one that's accepted today. We, today, we all do Kiddush HaKesef. As a matter of fact, we do Shavah HaKesef. We give a ring, we give something that's valued as money, but not really money. That is the accepted practice today of Kedushe Kesef. However, once a woman receives the Kesef and 
he says the words Harayat Mekudashas, then she is legally married to married, or what I call better, halachically engaged to him. The, at this point, we said, She is forbidden to him. Rashi says, that's Midrabana. Now, according to Rashi, that means the distinction between Erisin and Nesuin is very, very slim. A girl who's Arusa, for all practical purposes, is married. She does not live in her husband's house, but nevertheless, she's allowed to have relations with him. So, one might have asked, does that mean that really, according to Rashi, Avison is the final stage of, of the marriage ceremony, just a technical thing that you bring your home afterwards? Is there a concept of chuppah? Is there a distinction between Avison and the suin according to biblical law? Rishonim really raised this issue. And they said, there must be a distinction in law between Avison and the suin because the concept of Nesuin is a biblical concept. So the Ritva, for example, says that in Ksubis Tabdainamadvais, the Ritva says, do not think that according to Rashi, there's no such concept of Chupa. Miu Chupa Daraisai. La Sosa Nesua. Yes, there is a biblical concept of Nesuin, not just of halachic engagement, but there's a biblical concept of Nesuin as well. For what purpose? So he gives a few practical purposes. One, Hafaras Nadarim, who can nullify her vows. Litamila, a Kohen, whose wife passes away. If she's an Arusa, according to the Ritva, she is not allowed to be Metame to her. But if she is Nesua, he is allowed to be Metame to her. Uliyarsha. Of course, the Ritva says this is, these three distinctions are based on the assumption that we, we, that we think that according to biblical law, a Kohen is metame to his wife. By the way, the Ramam disagrees with that point. The Ramam says it's only midivrei selfrim, that a Kohen is metame to his wife. He also, according to the opinion that it thinks a husband does inherit his wife. And of course, Havaris Nadarim seems the one that everybody would seem to agree about. But according to those laws, that would show there is a distinction between Eris and Nesuin even on the biblical level. And, of course, there's another distinction, although it's a technical one, the punishment for a woman committing adultery is different if she's Arusa or Nesua. In both cases, she's going to die. It's only a technical difference which punishment she gets. Nevertheless, the Ritva uses this as a proof that Eirusin is Midaraisa, but nevertheless, Chup is also Daraisa. There's another concept. And he said that the Ritva, I said, I, I elaborated upon this point because there were people who disagreed. People who thought that according to Rashi, there's no such concept as Chupa. The biblical requirement of Eresin fills the bill. Everything is done. It's only a technical arrangement that you bring your home. But the Ritva says this is simply not true. There's a concept of Eresin and Nesuin Menatara. So, the Ritvara elaborated upon Rashi's opinion that an Arusa is Asr Midrabana. Therefore, he had to raise the issue that to prove to us that don't think 
that Eilusin is the end all of the ceremony, there is a concept called Nusuin as well. The Shita Mekubetzes, there on the same page, Ksubas Tabzayinu base, quotes another opinion. And he said, there is a concept of Nusuin. And therefore, since there's a biblical concept of Nusuin, Therefore, she is usher as long as she's an Arusa Midaraisa, as an Eishasish. He quotes Rashi as saying that the Arusa is only Asa Midrabanan, but he disagrees. And he says, not only do I disagree, the Ra'a and the Rajba all disagree and think she is Arusa, and Arusa is in an unbelievably difficult situation, according to what we, according to this opinion. Not only is she not allowed to the world, she's not allowed to her husband. Of course, there is a difference between the Isser. Nobody, I can't imagine that the Ra'ah would really say that if she commits adultery with someone, she'd be Chayav Misa. If she sleeps with her Chatan, that she be of Misa as well? Could you really say she's an Eishish Ish to someone amorphous? There is no husband, just she's an Eishish Ish? I would find it very difficult to believe that the Ra'ah really thought so. But it is possible that he thinks the Iser is Midaraisa, and I would learn it more as a bitl of a, of a mitzvah. Since the mitzvah is to have a Rusin and a Surin, if you remember, last week we quoted the Ramban that said that Eirusin and Nesuin together are the mitzvah of the Torah. We also saw that in the Koteret, in the headline, the title of the Rambam. The Rambam says, Mitzvah Zaseh Kadesh Isha Lisa Isha Yidei There's a mitzvah to Yidei the Rambam also uses. The Rambam says the mitzvah seems to be a package deal of Eirusin and Nesuin. So one could say until the mitzvah is accomplished, there is an Easter. But that would not so much be a Nisar of Eishasi. She would seem to be more of a bitl of the mitzvah. Since the mitzvah is to do Eirusin and Nisuin, to have relations outside the framework of Eirusin and Nisuin would be somewhat of a mitzvah, a, a, a bitl, I say. So we have seen, there is a Meichlokas Rishonim, is Narusa Asr Midrabanan or Asr Midaraisa, to her Chatan. But of course, to the entire world, certainly she's Asr Midaraisa as and This, so far, we've explained the opinion of the of the uh, Arusa that we explained it's a formal Kenyan made before Edim and it is Ishus according to some Rishonim it seems to be pretty heavy Ishus everything is Mutter except the slight differences there is in the Suin according to the Shittimah so there is an Issa to her husband as well. How do you do Nesuin? What is Nesuin then? So generally, the people assume that Eresin, that Nesuin is, is what we call the Chuppah. At which point are they actually considered married? What, when do you say is really the marriage ceremony today? So the Rambam's opinion is very well known. The Rambam thinks that Nesuin is bringing the girl into your home. What we call today 
having yichud. The Rambam, however, also says, not only do you have to have yichud, you have to have a yichud harawi libya. You have to have a yichud which would be a fitting, a, it's possible that you could consummate the marriage in the yichud. What goes on today in the yichud room is, of course, not our issue. The question, of course, is what's the definition of the nasu? According to the Rambam, the definition is yichud harawi libya. Yichud which could have the potential of having relations. Therefore, the Rambam's opinion is seems to be based upon the fact that Nisuin really means the husband and the wife move into the same house together. How do they show, how do they demonstrate this concept of moving into the house together? They do it by having Yichud HaRoi Libya. This shows that they are married. There are other opinions how to do Nisuin. What is the technical stage of being married? But really, they all have in common the idea that somehow the husband and the wife move into one address together. There are some opinions that standing under the chuppah itself, when you place some sort of a canopy over the chasan and the kala, and is it as if they're moving together under one roof, that itself is the nisuin. Some even learn that as the chasam takes the kala, when they walk together into the yichud room, that is the wedding. There is an, a very interesting opinion that the, what we call today the badekin, when the chasam takes the veil and places over the kala, symbolically what he's doing is bringing her into his rishus as he demonstrates by covering her face. That, of course, is an unbelievably interesting idea because that would imply that the Nesuin could actually take place before the Eresin. In today's situation, what we do today is we do the Badekin and then we go to the Chuppah. And then the Chassan gives the ring. If you would really think or entertain the possibility that the Badekin is the wedding, then you've done the wedding before you've done the Brachas. And somehow you would say it works seemingly retroactively, that once you do the Eresin, it shows that that was Nesuin, and Eresin and Nesuin already effective under the Chuppah. This, of course, uh, when the when the Nesuin takes place, is a controversy among Rishonim. But I'd like to point out the famous Chiddush of Reb Chaim, Rav Salavechik, uh, publicized it, that there is an inherent conceptual difference between Eresin and Nesuin. It's not just that Eresin is a formal Kenyan. Nesuin means they move together. Nesuin, in effect, is not a new Kenyan. Since she was an Ashes Ish before they beca- before the Nesuin, once he did Eresin, she is an Ashes Ish. All that's lacking is that in her identity card, in her Tudat Zehud, as it were, it, she still lives at her parents' house. So what you're doing by Nesuin is changing this, the, the, her address, moving into another house. It's not a Kenyan, but more of a situation. I'm, she moved. This is extremely important because Reb Chaim was of the opinion that you really do not require Edim for Nesuin. We pointed out today that the Rambam consistently said, by Kedushim, you give the girl a ring 
before witnesses. You do the star and give it to her before witnesses. You do the Biyah with Edim standing outside. Edei Yichud. By Nisuin, the Rabbah never mentions that there's a need for Edim. The Rav mentioned this in the famous eulogy that he gave for his uncle, Revelto, to when he discussed the relationship of his uncle to the Torah, and he said his uncle indeed was married to the Torah. It became one identity, like at the time of Nesuin, when the husband and Kala merged into one identity, he compared his uncle, Revelville, and he said that was Nesuin. And as an aside, which is printed in that article, Madodechmidot, in that article there's a footnote, a lengthy footnote, where the, where the Rev developed this point that Nesuin doesn't require Aden. Today, of course, at all weddings, we do require Aden at Nesuin. And I've asked sometimes the brisker, uh, why are we so makbid on Edim at the Nesuin? According to Rebchaim, you don't need. And the answer is because there are people who think you do need. And since it doesn't hurt to have the witnesses, why not fulfill the opinions, all opinions, and have, the, and have witnesses at the time of the Nesuin? But Nesuin is more of a concept. Now the opinion of the Rambam that Chupa is Nesuin is based upon the fact that there is a Gemara in the beginning of Ksubis that says a girl who's Arusa has a husband who's Arus have 12 months until they have to get, must get married. If the husband does not get married within 12 months, they impose economic sanctions on him. The Gemara said, but if she is Nida at the end of the 12 months, then you do not impose those economic sanctions. You can wait until she goes to Mikveh, and if at that point he doesn't want him, doesn't marry her, then he, you would indeed fine him. But until that time, you don't fine him. The Ram said, we can learn from this Rambam, the, the Rambam used this as a source to say that if a girl is Anita, then she cannot get married. The Ram said, that is not the correct interpretation of the Gemara. The Ran said, in such a case, we would not require a person to get married. It doesn't mean the marriage is not valid. So we have a machlokas between the Ran and the Rambam. According to the Rambam, you must have nesuin by chupa shiru'u And according to the Ran, chupa is chupa as we understand it. And you do not have to have a chupa ru'u The practical difference would be we try, of course, today to avoid chupas nida. But according to the Rambam, it's not just we try to avoid it, it certainly is halachically problematic, according to the Rambam. Whereas the Rambam would say, it's not so pleasant to get married at a chupas nida, but nevertheless it's valid. We'll discuss this point a little bit more next week. Miyat Hashem.